0: What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement, Omron. And today we have the last part of a three part series where I've been explaining what I was doing for that month that I took off from posting YouTube videos. And I was in the Google Sheets making prospect models because I really wanted to refine my process. Where with running backs in general, which what we're going to talk about today, is for a guy like Brees Hall. We know he's a very strong prospect, but it's, we get a lot more info if we can compare prospects to previous classes, right? How does Brees Hall stack up against a Saquon Barkley? Is he a Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott level prospect? Is he more of a JK Dobbins, Cam Akers, Najee Harris type level prospect? Is he better than that? It's really important that when we're in these rookie drafts that we look at everything with context. We don't want to be prisoners of the moment and think that every RB1 in every class is weighted the same if that makes sense So this is kind of what prospect modeling can kind of help us with and see how running backs compare historically to other running back prospects so we're going to get into how the prospect model works we're then going to get into my top five running backs for 2022 and how the model likes them and what it spits out as their comp so with that being said let's not waste any more time make sure you go down below subscribe leave a like let's go thirsty thirsty trying to I mean i know i cool. so in the first two videos we had a really long-winded breakdown of the purpose of the model and kind of the origins of it today we're just going to do a brief overview of the entire modeling process and then go right into the ins and outs of the running back model so with the model across all three positions i have it as named for now maybe eventually I'll I'll think of something cooler. But for now, we have the Ron Stewart grading system or the RSGS, whatever you want to call it. And the idea is that I wanted to make a model to identify as many winners as possible and kind of give a unique perspective on these prospects by using film, other cool stuff and analytics and kind of bringing it all together to cover as many bases as I can. So let's dive into the running back model itself. And for each prospect, every running back prospect gets an RS grade, which is the Ron Stewart grade on a scale of one to 10 that correlates to a running backs points per game in his first three seasons, which is a really good barometer for success, especially running backs. We want early on production. So they accrue roster value and they score points for our fantasy teams. And as you guys can see here, these are the top running backs in RS grade from 2019 through 2017. So those draft classes, the RS grades are on a scale from zero through 10, but I do have multipliers where if you hit them you can go above a 10 for things like freak athleticism and yards created and other stuff we'll get into in a little bit and saquon barkley freak athlete so he hits that multiplier and he gets there into legendary and the thing about these rs grades is that they're pretty to look at right we see them saquon barkley mccaffrey fournette dalvin cook mixon they look pretty the top 12 hit rate among the legendaries and elites are are really really solid but the question is are they Predictive? Are we gaining em- anything from looking at these? Or are they simply just pretty to look at? So, how we figure that out is we test them for significance against first three year point per game. And my RS grades have a 0.52 R squared to a running back's points per game in their first three years. R squared is just the correlation coefficient squared. So, how much of a running back's first three year point per game can be explained by the RS grades? mathematically that would be 52 percent as the r squared and draft capital is around 0.35 to 0.4 so we have a pretty good leg up on the nfl this is a stronger model than the running back one not as strong as the quarterback one but i'm still really happy with it because i think running back is harder to predict than quarterback now to take this even a step further we don't just want to order the rs grades and take them from there and then boom those are our rookie running back rankings we want to have a little bit more nuance to them because if one guy has a 9.5 rs grade and the other has a 9.47 i think it would be misguided to just you know say okay that's it we're just gonna hit the 9.5 or the 9.47 from there you can kind of dig in and really get into the nitty-gritty and have some nuance there where you can then just decide which running back you like better based on just the profile and just the the human element of you looking over their profile. But it's a good idea to have the the model and the RS grades guide us. And how we do that is we bucket them into prospect tiers. This is a idea that is inspired by uh, at DFBeanCounter on Twitter. He is one of the first guys I've ever seen make prospect buckets based off hit rate. So to add a little bit of context, I'm going to show the tiers on screen here. So I bucketed the grades by top 12 season hit rate. Top 24 is too easy for running backs, literally if you just start a full season, you can get into the top 24. So based on top 12 hit rate, we have our tiers, which are Madden themed. We have Legendary, which hit top 12 seasons at a 100% rate. We have Elite, which hit top 12 seasons at an 80% rate, Gold, 50%, Silver, 25%, and Bronze, 7%. And with this, we kind of just let the tiers guide us and then we make the decisions within each tier to then develop our own rankings. And it just is sort of to guide us and, you know, kind of put bumpers on us to lead us I guess in that metaphor to a strike in bowling. So now let's break down how the RS grades for running backs themselves are built. First, we have production, which makes up 47.5% of the grade, film, which makes up 22% of the grade, athleticism, which makes up 16% of the grade, receiving, which makes up 7.5% of the grade, and then age profile, which I know sounds weird. We'll explain it later, is 7% of the profile. All of that together is 100% of the RS grade. So our production metric or component is pretty straightforward did rbx produce and did he do it against good competition and the competition part is really important the model really cares about it it is is the second biggest input in the entire model the biggest input in the production category but it's srs and srs is defined as a simple rating system a rating that takes into account average point differential and strength of schedule the rating is denominated nominated in points above slash below average where zero is average and it's pretty much a strength of schedule combined with the quality of the team you play and Georgia was first in SRS last year they won the national championship so that kind of gives you guys an idea of if you are the number one team at the end of the year you probably have the best SRS and the model really cares about that ideally you are running against SEC competition big 10 competition you are competing in backfield with other pro or other recruits that were good enough to make it to those schools and I, I mean I I don't really know how I feel about it because we have seen Alabama running backs get pushed up or we had, we've had guys like, I'm trying to think, I mean, Damian Harris isn't a great example, but we've had other guys, like maybe, maybe Trent Richardson would be a decent example. Maybe an Eddie Lacey would be a decent example, but you do get these, these Alabama running backs that get pushed up. But at the same time, sometimes it's justified with guys like Najee Harris and Josh Jacobs giving you top 12 seasons. You also have guys like Derrick Henry. So, It's a running back factory and i'm just using alabama as an example but in the model it wants you to be at least from a power five school then the next two inputs are surrounding adjusted yards per play and this is a player's receiving yards times two and rushing yards divided by a total team plays it's just an emphasis on receiving work how much are you producing within your offense then we chart that over every single year in a player's college career and we measure how much a prospect overperformed or underperformed each year based on the thresholds that I have set for running backs. Then we take an average of the overperforming and underperforming and we get our average over expectation. And using Najee Harris as an example here, you can see that he has the red lines in the first two years and the, the green lines in the last two years. We take all of those together, we average them together and that gives us our average adjusted yards per play over expectation. Then we have our adjusted yards per play peak over expectation. And in the model, we also want to account for a running back's peak if they really, really go off one year. And we can see that with Najee Harris, because in year four, he had his best year and we account for that. And we we communicate that to the model while also commuting to the model that it should be discounted for him being in year four. That's why it's not a huge green line and it's kind of taken on that curve where you can kind of see the dotted line goes up and the green line isn't as high as it would be if there wasn't the dotted line there and that's to account for both his big breakout but then also account for him being in year four now i'm going a little bit out of order here but the next one we're going to talk about is breakout year which i believe has a five percent input or actually i think it's 2.5 percent input now that i look at it yeah it's 2.5 percent input and I figured we just mentioned this year because breakout year is simply the first year where running back passes that dotted line. So in my database, I have different thresholds than campus to Canton. But for the simplicity of this, as we see here, Najee Harris gets that first green line in year three. So in the model, he is listed as a year three breakout. Then we have rushing yard market share over expectation, which is pretty easy. It's our third main stat at also being one of those 7.5 percenters in the production component. And it's pretty self-explanatory. It is simply what percentage of a player's team's rushing yards is he accounting for? And this gives us kind of a pure rushing slash dominance of a backfield type metric. Ideally, we want players to run the ball a ton early. And to get the over expectation part of this metric, we also do the same thing where we take a player's, how much he overperforms and underperforms his thresholds across his entire career and average them together. So we make sure that a 55% rushing yard market share at age 18 or in year one is weighted more than someone who does the same thing 55 percent rushing yard market share at 23 ideally in the model unlike quarterback where breakout age and stuff wasn't really a big factor at running back we want young running backs who produce early and show that they're special which ties into our last production metric which is breakout age and this is the age at which a running back surpasses a 15 percent dominator rating dominator rating is just a running backs market share of total yards and touchdowns within his offense and it's just another metric that weights early production at running back again we want early producers our next component in the model is draft capital at 22 percent and this is this whole component film is pretty straightforward i gotta be honest i'm not a film guy i'm not going to sit here and break down the all 22 for two reasons i'm not going to be able to watch a running back hit a hole and break it for a touchdown and tell you guys that that player is amazing. I you you show me some white kid in high school doing crazy things. I remember back in the day when me and my buddies we would just drool over those crazy like high school mixtape, college mixtape type highlight reels and a lot of them never panned out, you know, like Tavon Austin and DeAnthony Thomas. I can watch a guy on tape and understand what the play call was and you know, is it cover 3, is there one safety up top, two safeties is the nickel coming into blitz? I have a pretty good understanding of what's going on in the field, but I cannot watch a player and then say, yes, what he's doing right now is going to translate to the NFL level. There's just no way, but I can be like, man, that guy looks sick on tape, right? Jalen, if you look at Jalen Darden's uh, college mixtape, he was sick. Same thing with Kadarius Tony. not to say that they're not going to be great, but there are a lot of players that have special, you know, eye popping highlight reels and, and look crazy. And it's like, how is that? not how is that not going to translate to the next level? And, It doesn't same thing with a guy like braxton miller too so i again i can look at film and see what's going on and i can i can understand what's going on in the football field but i can't translate that into prospecting and on top of that it's so much time to watch the all 22 for every prospect that i want in my database there'd be no way so instead i lean on the expertise of others and the first pillar of film or actually the only pillar of film is draft capital. And it's my biggest input in the entire model. It's the biggest input across all the models because these are billion dollar organizations in the NFL doing hours of research on these players, watching their pro days, their combines, watching their all 22 film from all of their seasons in college. They are literally paid from nine to five to watch the film. Now there are analytics departments, but it's still not super accepted in the NFL. I would still say for the most part, draft capital is film driven. Now, in the other two models, I use zero lines grades as inputs in the model. And I still do use zero lines draft grades across all of my models. It was a really, really big point of emphasis for me. I wanted to use his film grades in all of the model. He does great work. And I just want an aspect outside of draft capital that accounts for film on a level that I can't provide. And with running back we do it a little bit different the the rs grades don't get a direct lens zero line input where it's a percentage of the model but instead i use his grades as a tiered multiplier on the pre-multiplier rs grades now that sounds kind of weird but his grades are still super strong the only problem is, is that i only have the data for 2014 running backs and beyond and the problem is is that if I use them in the process, it was holding back the other running backs from 2008, 2009, where they weren't getting enough of a bump from just like projected Zero line scores where it was throwing off the R-squares a little bit. So instead, I made them multipliers and have thresholds from 6.35 all the way to seven plus grades. And as you guys can see here, the guy is a damn wizard. He makes these grades before the NFL draft. And this is every running back with a 6.7 or better grade. And he literally called Jordan Howard. That is one of the most impressive ones to me. A day three pick, fifth rounder. He gave a 6.7 grade up there with guys like Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara. And I guess Josh Jacobs you can put in there too. But he saw that on tape. A day three guy. He planted his flag on. He got a top 12 hit out of him. It's wild. I mean, you also have other guys here that get really big bumps from it and Alvin Kamara and DeAndre Swift, and it bumps Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley into legendary status with his seven plus grades all being hits and Saquon, Zeke, Fournette. He has top 12 hits all the way down to 6.78. It's really, really strong. Then we have athleticism, which goes without saying, but I think at running back, athleticism is arguably the most important in terms of position. I think that athleticism doesn't make a ton of a difference for wide receivers and quarterbacks but at running back we want size we want speed we want that size to shoulder a big workload and we also want running backs able to break off really long runs and score as fantasy points and the way i measure this is with two metrics and the first one is speed score which is one of the biggest inputs in the model but it's defined as the formula being weight times two hundred divided by forty times to the fourth power, which sounds really weird, but it just factors weight into a player's forty-yard dash time, assigning a premium to fast times run by big in, by I don't even know what that word was by bigger, often stronger running backs. And this metric juices guys like Saquon Barkley, Antonio Gibson, Derrick Henry. We want thick boys who run fast. And one of the reasons why Derrick Henry is an elite running back in my model, but not super highly regarded in others is because of speed score. It's also because of his 6.7 land zero line grade. And we also then look at relative athletic score, which is RAS. And this is a metric that spits out a score from zero through 10 based on a running back size, speed, agility, and explosion relative to other running backs. This is Jonathan Taylor, just to show you guys what an A plus looks like. 9.53 is an A plus score, size, speed explosion he has all of it pretty much and res is not only an rs grade input it's also a multiplier like Landseer line grade so it says only a four percent input initially pre multiplier but it has a pretty big multiplier where if you have a good profile and you're a freak athlete you get a really nice multiplier because ideally we want a prerequisite profile there from production and receiving and all that that we can then add the multiplier on top of it we don't just want to bump up freaks for no reason kind of like I think your Nile Davises of the world kind of fall into that category and I'm trying to think of other ones but I mean uh, maybe not Bo Scarborough but yeah we don't just want or I think a, a really good one would actually be Kalen Balage, but exactly a guy like Kalen Balage, you don't you don't just want to push up guys who are freak athletes without the prerequisite production to go along with it Then we have our receiving component which is pretty small and i could have lumped this in with production and it would have been fine at 7.5 percent but i wanted it to be its own thing for rookie comps where i think it's really good to keep receiving separate when comparing players because it's a really big part of a player's just overall profile and differentiating because you don't want nick chubb to be compared to a guy like christian mccaffrey because they both produced we want to have a grade within our rookie comps that kind of separate that and the only metric we use here is receiving yard market share over expectation, which is pretty straightforward. We take the market share of receiving yards, a running back is was responsible for, and then we figure out their average over expectation depending on how much they overshoot our threshold. And I wanted to show with this kind of like chicken scratch type graph here, I think it's a, a good explanation of how I come up with the average over expectation and CMC outproduces thresholds in year one by 4.6%, 4, 4. 15.3% in year two, 8.3% it's a bug It's a bug cutting me off. Um, so we have the threshold being set at 4.6% or hold on. I got it. So Christian McCaffrey outproduced his threshold by 4.6% in year one, 15.3% in year two, and 8.3% in year three, which gives him an average receiving yard market share over expectation of 9.4% which is an A plus grade. Then we have our last component, which I call age profile, which is still unsure of if I'm gonna keep that name, but it takes into account a player's draft age and early declare status, which are two really important factors when we're talking about prospects. And I'm not just saying that, just to say it. Blair Andrews, who does really good research on this topic and just prospecting in general, in his column, The, L- the Wrong Read on Rotoviz, he is one of the OGs in the fantasy space. He does great stuff. And here he kind of looked into it To see how much it really did affect these prospects and it shows on the left we have a chart that shows that players score more points the younger their draft age is and the chart on the right shows that early declares score more points as well and i think this just comes down to the fact that we want players who were undeniable to the point where they were yanked from college early to compete with nfl talent now the issue is that both of these graphs were made for wide receivers so what i ended up doing was testing if it was significant for running backs and it graded out as predictive. So I then found the drop offs in draft age and early declare to make a grading system based off of a prospect's point per game through their first three seasons and kind of just develop exactly what the whole thing is called an age profile, just a player's profile in terms of their age and early declare and what is deemed as significant in those categories. So what I came up with is that 20 to 22 years old on draft day and early declare is my A plus. They average 8.98 points per game through their first three seasons. I think a lot of people want 20 to 21, but I found 22 early declares really aren't much different from 21 year old declares or early declares. The only time that I care about a player being a 21 year old early declare is when I'm bumping a player up from legendary or from elite to legendary to make it from elite to legendary. You have to be a 10 or better grade, a top 10 draft pick 21 years old early declare that bumps you into legendary. Then we just have the rest of the ages sort of independent of early declare. We have, 22, but non early declares are B plus uh, averaging 6.65 points per game through their first three seasons. Ideally, if you didn't declare early, we want that running back to be as young as possible, not only just for production purposes, but for dynasty trade value, we don't want to have a 24 year old non early declare, especially if he's not good at football. And then the last two are 23 years old, either. So if you're an early declare but you're 23, you're kind of missing the whole point of being an early declare same thing with 24 or older than that. At that point doesn't matter if you're an early declare we want players who are younger if you're if you're any older than 22 and you're not an early declare we just want the youngest player possible or if you're just older than 22 in general we want the youngest player possible regardless of early declare then I just want to go over my multipliers real quick first we have the LZ grade which is mentioned earlier that's a multiplier we have RAS which was mentioned earlier as a multiplier our third and final multiplier is yards created and it's a metric defined by graham barfield here which is the amount of yards a running back gains on their own after they reach the second level past the offensive lines blocking and it's pretty straightforward how many yards are you creating independent of your blocking per rush and here are the running backs who hit my yards created multiplier and it's not tiered like lands line where i have okay if you're seven and above you get this multiplier if you're a 6.8 and above you get this multiplier for yards created simply if you hit my my threshold you get the multiplier and this is all the running backs that hit my multiplier while also showing their pre-multiplier grades so you can kind of see how much of a bump each of them got and the top five or so guys in saquon McCaffrey, zeke fournette dalvin cook or actually just the top four guys in saquon McCaffrey, McCaffrey zeke and fournette they already had strong profiles but yards created vaulted guys like dalvin cook joe mixon javante williams and alvin kamara into elite tier and thankfully The multiplier isn't strong enough that it it vaulted any of Kenyon Drake Darrell Henderson Anthony McFarlane and Joe Williams into elite or better so I think it's a really nice give and take where it's not too strong that it's elevating guys like Kenyon Drake and Darrell Henderson into spots where we could really get burned for overdrafting them but then also identifying guys like Alvin Kamara as elite prospects now Alvin Kamara jumped over Kenyon Drake and Deontay Foreman along with Javante Williams as well because I also think that they hit either RAS multipliers or Lanzier line multipliers so now you've made it this far and I think the only way that I can reward the true supporters of the channel that have sat through me explaining the entire model is by actually applying it to the 2022 class so we're gonna go through each prospect and where they fall into uh, each prospect here my RS grades and then also go over their closest comps in my database based off of their five core components Now i cannot stress enough the model itself the comps everything we are in stage 1.0 right now Mach one the whole idea is is i'm 20 years old doing this right now eventually i would like it to be we're gonna refine it as the years go on and make it something that is really really just really useful and really actionable but for now this is all i'm also always open to suggestions and everything but this is for right now what i got for comps and just the rs grades in general so at rb1 We're going to start this off with Brees Hall, which is a very, very easy running back to greatest RB1. He is my RB1 in this class, and he's the only running back that qualifies for elite. Now, before we even talk about Brees, let's sort of go over this screenshot. It's pretty loaded, so let me explain it a little bit. And on the left, we have a prospect's info, which is just draft round, draft pick, and draft year. I will say for these rookies, I use their projected draft capital from grinding the mocks. That's why you'll see Brees Hall being a second round pick 44th overall that's what he is on there then we have a player's prospect tier as we said earlier legendary hits top 12 seasons at a 100% rate elite 80% gold 50% silver 25% bronze 7% and then on the right you have a player's official RS grade and then past that we have the rookie comps area which is where I separated the model into its five core components so that we can then use those to compare players In terms of just kind of play style and just their profile in general and the idea here is each of those outputs are graded on an A plus to F scale and to find these comps we have a rule pretty much where if let's say your film is a B plus I only added players that had a minus B plus or B into your rookie comps list and then I did that across all five of them so they're all fairly similar and for Brees Hall he is a really clean prospect and his comps are Juicy. He's got Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, and Matt Forte. I really like the Matt Forte comp. Uh, Just a really solid group of running backs. And he checks every box size, speed, three down skill set, three years of production. I don't really expect him to be right away or ever be the Jonathan Taylor RB1 overall in fantasy type guy. I think that he is more likely a Mixon Chubb Forte, where he can be anywhere from a top five to top 12 dynasty running back. And I expect him to have a couple top 12 finishes by the time it's all said and done. Again, I don't think he is a Saquon Barkley level prospect, but to me, he is a Chubb Forte mix, and you can compare him as well to a a J.K. Dobbins from that 2020 class, where he was regarded as a top three running back in that class. I think in that 2020 class, he would be in that range around you know Swift, J.T. Those guys at the top. Again, don't think he's Saquon Barkley level, but I do think that he is a very very strong prospect and these running backs fall off fast at running back two we have kenneth walker who is the only gold running back in this class and his profile is really tough because he's 0.01 away from being elite all you need to get into elite tier is an 8.00 rs grade but i'm also kind of glad he falls into gold i don't think that his profile is strong enough to be elite his raw profile is a silver but he hit the yards created multiplier and that boosted him into the gold tier so i'm kind of happy he didn't make into elite and we'll go over his knocks in a second but he was also the only running back in this class to hit the yards created threshold he is one of the best pure runners in the class and that's really really solid but it also comes with its red flags for a between the tackles type he's kind of undersized at 211 pounds he also was a complete zero in the receiving game which we don't love for fantasy he got a c grade in that category at a 2.7 percent market share of receiving yards just as his best season ever last year. Technically, in this group, as you guys can see, Bernard Pierce is the only other running back with a C receiving grade. The rest of them shouldn't even really be qualified at B minuses because that would be C, C plus, B minus. But I just had to expand it so it wasn't just Bernard Pierce. But technically, his only his closest comp is Bernard Pierce, and that's probably fair. Now, this class is pretty weak. So even with that being said, and me not really loving his profile, I still don't mind him around the 107 range for me. I think it's a fine swing. He's 21 years old maybe he hits a top 12 seasons or a top 12 season. I know a lot of people have him as like a top three to five guy in rookie draft. I think that's a mistake. I also think along, uh, among this rookie comps list, I don't think Tevin Coleman's actually a bad comp at all. I think guys like Le'Veon Bell and Cam Akers are a little bit too optimistic, but I got like Tevin Coleman, I wasn't really around to see what Bernard Pierce did, but I think that this list, if you're going to cling to Le'Veon Bell, Cam Akers, even a guy like De- Darius Geis, I think it's a little bit, I think it's being a little bit too kind to Kenneth Walker. So, with that being said rb2 very easily but he's not someone i feel strongly about uh i hope to not have any shares or maybe like maybe in a couple spots but ideally i'd be trading off of a, a pick where I'd have to take walker then at rb3 we have isaiah spiller who is just so like meh to me like the only bright spots on his profile is that he's a 21 year old early declare who broke out as a freshman so he's produced for a while and he's a good age there's just not anything past that that we can really cling to he's not a plus athlete ran a four six four day or 40 at his pro day and i know noah hills he does really great work he has an uh, an article on how bad spiller was in terms of efficiency next to his teammates and Devin a chain and whoever the other guy is and apparently he performed very bad in those metrics where comparatively to the other running backs in his backfield he wasn't really doing a whole lot I'm just really not interested in the profile outside of the fact that he's going to get day two draft capital, which for running backs, especially in this class, is going to be few and far between. And I guess he has some bright spots in his comps, right? We have David Montgomery, Carry On Johnson, Jeremy Hill, which I guess Carry On Johnson and Jeremy Hill aren't great, but they showed flashes early on in their career. I think David Montgomery is actually a pretty good ceiling comp for Isaiah Spiller. I won't be touching him in the first round of rookie drafts. I know a lot of people have him in that. 107 to like 110 111 range if he goes third round and his landing spot isn't anything crazy he will be an early to mid second rounder for me i'm just not overly interested then at rb4 we have rashad white who is such a weird profile because my model both loves and hates him and what i mean by that is that he grades out as a bronze profile which is the worst prospect tier possible seven percent top 12 hit rate the thing is is that the model spits out some really crazy comps for him even in bronze tier where it has aaron jones chase edmonds and tony pollard among his rookie comp which is crazy i know it might look like oh but you're kind of doing it yourself and you can just kind of get whatever comps in there you want i did the same thing for zamir white who i really like and his comps were garbage like it was really bad you had guys like i'm trying to even think of who they were but you had guys like just like, just absolute nobodies at the running back position that you've just never heard of. Like, they're, they were really scary to see. And Zamir White's someone I like, and he was locked into, like, RB4, RB5 for me for a while. But recently, he has gotten his third-round draft capital, changed to fourth round. Day two to day three is a really big knock for running back. So, I'm good on Zamir White for now. He's probably my RB6. But with Rashad White, I really like the comp of Tony Pollard. I think that that's actually a really fair comp. He is someone where Rashad White's a guy that I'll be making an exception for in the model i know that they or i know my model i don't know why i said they like i don't control the model but in terms of rs grades he's a bronze prospect in my model even if he got third round draft capital he'd be a bronze prospect i personally will be valuing him as a silver prospect i actually like his profile a ton i love the receiving upside he also showed a really good athleticism at 448 40 he's a very interesting profile so for now he's he's pretty much locked in as my rb4 Then at RB5, which I think is wide open for now, I'm going to put James Cook here simply just due to the two things that my model likes about him is that he's slated to get round three draft capital, which is pretty much because he's Dalvin Cook's younger brother and he's a Georgia running back. So I think because of that, NFL teams will probably draft him higher. And then he also has an elite SRS playing for Georgia last year everything else in his profile is pretty mid you have a 4-4-2-40 which is good but he's 199 pounds which puts him in this small running back area next to Amir Abdullah and LaMichael James as his comps which aren't bad LaMichael James another guy who is a, a really fun prospect or a really fun has a really fun highlight reel at Oregon it's not awful amir abdul and michael james there was once upon a time where amir abdul was actually really interesting in fantasy he's just here for now because he's a day two running back at the end of the day this rb5 spot is wide open depends on who gets that day two draft capital if samir white gets there i would like him i also like guys like keontae ingram and tyler Goodson, but i don't think that they get the draft capital to get there so again really just comes down to who gets day two draft capital if james cook doesn't then it's just an absolute shit show at rb5 so this running back class outside of the top three or four guys Really rough. Now that's gonna do it for us today, fellas. As always, if you enjoyed this video and you enjoy the prospect talk and the model talk, and you want to take a look at it and apply it to your dynasty strategy and teams, I have my RS grades, my rookie rankings, my superflex top, t- uh, my superflex tight end premium top two fifty grades or er, rankings, all down below in the description on the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Ron Stewart. It'll be in the description. It'll be down below in the comments. And again, it is currently five dollars per month right now but starting i think by the nfl draft i'm gonna have it set up so that the tiers bump up to eight dollars for the instead of five dollars and then some other cool stuff in between so if you get in right now at five dollars per month everyone that gets in before the big update will be grandfathered in at a five dollar rate instead of the new rates after that so if you want to get in at a discounted price before i change things hop in now patreon.com ron stewart as always if you enjoyed the video make sure you go down below subscribe leave a like and i will see you guys in the next one Right under forty minutes. Let's go. Channel, chat i ah. Foolies glad I'm home. Even my haters kinda glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my back up on rapper song, singer, suspended subpoena for Mr. Meaners, Dreamer, hell back ass is still a in.